Welcome back to another Commodity Update, brought to you by the team from Mikado.com.au. This week it will be myself, Andrew Whitelock, covering grains, Olivia Agar will be covering wool, and Matt Dalglish will be covering livestock. We provide this podcast uh, free of charge for, for new listeners. The idea is that we provide a very short, sharp summary of what has been happening in the agricultural markets, specifically focused on Australia. Uh, it's usually about 10 minutes long, so it doesn't gonna take up too much of your time. So you can listen to it in the car, on the tractor, or wherever you may be. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, please leave a like or a rating on wherever you get this podcast from. I'm going to jump into it straight with grains, and it's been another another interesting week. Uh, things are going backwards at a rate of knots in Australia. So we've seen the ASX uh, really sort of rebounding, uh, and largely this is off the back of uh, Abares released their quarterly update for the crop, and it showed that uh, year on year things were improved slightly, uh, but uh, still looking like a well below average season. One of the things I did notice when I looked at the figures is that uh, you know we are seeing, if those figures are correct or if they're close to being correct, uh, things are going to be a bit different from last year. In the last year we had about 56% of the uh, Australian crop was in Western Australia. This year only about 42% of that crop is going to be in Western Australia. So you know, it's looking likely, you know, especially having spent a bit of time in SA and, and Victoria in recent times, it's looking likely that, you know, we are going to have a little bit more on the East Coast than we had last year. The ratio is going to be a bit more a bit more even this year. So we probably will be a bit closer to meeting our domestic demand this year, although it is going to be extremely tight and there's still a long way to go. And, you know, that weather forecast is not looking all that fantastic. Um, it wasn't just A Bears who had their release out this week. Um, the USDA also had a, a release, and uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty unsurprising, really. Basically, the world is awash with wheat. Uh, they downgraded Australia to 19 million tons. They downgraded Kazakhstan to 11 and a half million tons, uh, which I think is the lowest since about 2012 for Kazakhstan. But largely. Still sitting on a lot of stockpiles because end stocks from last year were, were revised upwards and consumption was revised downwards. So all in all, uh, you know, a relatively sort of bearish uh, wheat picture. And looking at the corn, they were pretty stringent in holding on to the uh, corn acreage at the same levels as the previous report and just having a bit of a narrow reduction in yields. Which uh, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of skepticism about those numbers. Uh, but in a couple of weeks, harvesting will be in full swing for that corn crop. And then we'll really find out what's been happening. In terms of Australian prices, though, we are seeing a basis between ASX and Chicago has gone through the roof. It's now about $104 positive. And uh, yeah, that's definitely drought pricing. And uh, yeah, one thing to look at as well, we've been saying this for a while, is continue to look at that ASX Jan 2021 because I think that offers you know potentially a, a good starting point for you for next year's uh, uh, marketing strategy. Uh, all in all, really, the thing is, it's just a pace of you know whatever happens overseas is largely irrelevant at the moment. Uh, it's really a case of you know what happens here. You know our our prices are going to be insulated from from the low prices received elsewhere. 
So that's really it from Grain at the moment. Let's just hope we get the rain. And uh, that's all we can really do from this point onwards. I'm going to pass you off to Matt, who's going to cover off on livestock. Thanks for that, Andrew. We'll jump straight in first to uh, lamb and mutton markets. This week in Mercado, we updated our forecast modelling for both uh, the ESTLI and the National Mutton Indicator. Uh, so it shows for the 2020 season for ESTLI, we're looking now at an annual average of um, 8.74 cents a kilo carcass weight. If you overlay the normal seasonal range, you get in the uh, Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator. Across the season, we're looking at a likely range in 2020 of a 7.40 cent low and potentially as high as a $10 uh, top in the, in the market, peak in the market through winter. Um, Sounds like extraordinary numbers, but just uh, bear in mind that this year we saw 9.51 cents as a t- as a peak during July, so definitely achievable. Um, certainly, given um, the situation offshore with the demand uh, we're forecasting for uh, for lamb consumption, and turning to mutton, uh, similar robust picture for 2020 season. Uh, we've got an annual average price of 5.25 cents a kilo. Uh, and a likely range in mutton, national mutton, of uh, 4.05 cents as a seasonal trough and uh, as high as 6.40 cents as a uh, seasonal peak for next year. Uh, that's it for lamb and mutton. I'll switch across to beef markets. Uh, Angus took a look at uh, the current situation for grain-fed uh, animals and uh, a grain for beef, I should say. Um, and we have seen the 100-day Queensland over-the-hooks grain-fed indicator uh, hit a relatively um, a new high, effectively. So we've seen that increase from 5.47 cents to 5.98 cents as of the end of August. Uh, previous high was back in uh, spring of 2016, where um, the Queensland 100-day grain-fed over the hooks price went to 5.96, so we just just uh, cracked above that. Um, a really strong indication, though, is if we recall back 2016, the number of cattle on feed was uh, around 788,000 head, um, and now we've got cattle on feed of you know 1.1 million head. So um, that's a significant. Um, uh, record price given that we've now got around 45% more cattle on feed and really shows the level of demand that's out there for that product, uh, particularly overseas. Um, one of the factors I guess you could bear in mind with regards to um, this uh, demand situation is this ongoing development uh, in China with the African swine fever we've seen over the last few months, particularly for our mutton, lamb and beef exports. Uh, they're chugging along at uh, well and truly above average levels for the five-year seasonal trend. Uh, and a lot of what's driving that offshore demand is the uh, lack of pork protein out of China. So something to continue to keep an eye on through the rest of this season and indeed into next season, uh, the situation in China with uh, regards to the gap in the pork protein market there is something that's going to continue. Uh, we don't really see a um, a low in the pork production in China until late next year. Uh, um, so uh, the the situation there is um, is only going to continue to worsen. We feel uh, with the spread of this disease, and that's going to have implications for um, for demand for Australian red meat product, both beef and and uh, sheep and mutton, uh, sheep and mutton and lamb uh, out for the next year. I'll hand across to Olivia now for her weekly wool update. Thanks very much, Matt. And it's been a huge week in wool, and so it's lovely to be back online this week and talking about the wool market actually rising for a change. I know we've had some fans on Twitter that were pretty keen to get this comment on the wool market this week, so I'll get stuck in. 
So not only have we seen a pretty substantial recovery from the falls in recent weeks, but the jumps have actually hit into the record books. The 170 cent lift in the Eastern Market Indicator, which was a 12% gain, was an all-time record for the highest weekly increase in the EMI. And WA also smashed the record for the highest daily gain, where the WMI rose 198 cents in a single day of trade. Very eloquently put by one of the analysts here at Mercado this week, if you drop a brick from a high enough window, it'll bounce. But it really does seem to be that changing sentiment in the US-China trade war uh, that's brought back some confidence and competition in the market so strongly, which has really seen that bounce this week. So China had waived some of the minor tariffs on U.S. goods and in return the U.S. has postponed their tariff increase by a couple of weeks as well. So while we're really still far from a resolution on that trade war front, both nations seem to be testing the waters a, a bit ahead of the face-to-face negotiations that are coming up in October. And any of these signs of de-escalation are good news for those in the wool supply chain. Um, An interesting note as well to um, point out about the falls that we looked at recently on Mercado was that the weaker demand has really been the driver of these price declines, but supply issues have been building up in the background while this has been happening. And they've really been likely to help mitigate some of those falls that we've seen recently and will continue to do so, you know, over the coming months um, because we've seen the whole apparel fibre market experiencing those declines and it's generally down by about... 30% on mid-2018 levels. Um, So it doesn't look like those supply issues are going to be fixed anytime soon, though, with with this season and last season shaping up to be the worst pair in wool-producing regions since the early 20th century. And what that means for wool markets is likely more volatility in the future. Let's hope it's not just a dead cat bounce and, uh, and we see a sustained rally in this wool market. This kind of goes back to that argument from AWI of uh, having you know limit down on the on the auctions to uh, to curtail uh, losses, and uh, which is a common occurrence in futures markets. But you know futures markets actually work quite differently from auctions anyway. But that's a different matter. But I guess if we had limit up uh, limit down, you would expect limit up to be included as well. So uh, with these type of rises that we've seen this week, if we had a limit down, limit up situation, uh, the market would have been closed to uh, protect from increasing uh, high prices. I guess that's the thing, you can't have it both ways. If you want to uh, limit down, you've got to have uh, be prepared for limit up as well. Uh, but good news all around. So thanks very much for uh, for listening to the this week's episode. Uh, have a safe weekend. Uh, bye-bye.